These are the yays of our lives. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Hi, Bim. Bim, this is this is a lot. This is there's a lot happening at the minute. There's so much going on. <laughs> I'm stressed. Welcome back to Yays of Our Lives, lovely neighborhood. Thank you so much for joining us for part two of our anonymous Q and A episode of Yays of Our Lives. Uh, Angie's back at our home. She's been staying over and hasn't left. And new element to this multi-device thing that is happening right now. This is why Andrew's stressed. We are looking through the remainder of your anonymous Q&As on the laptop and Ange is on Instagram posting about us being on TikTok Live right now while we record because... As some of you guys know, I have <laughs> been a bit of a late bloomer to TikTok, but have been having the greatest time and realized that going live is really fun. Oh, goodness. And now my husband is ringing me. Oh, my God, there's too many devices. <laughs> well, well, you okay, decline that. I'm going to have to decline that. Um, You're going to have to text him to explain. Judy said, why, hello, Sarah. Okay, hold on. I just need to decline my husband. Okay. Give me one second. Okay, so we've been going through your questions. We will also be taking some live from the beautiful TikTok live audience who are joining us. This is a whole new world for me, but I thought I was too old for TikTok, but then I realized actually no one on TikTok kind of cares. I love that it's so liberating, you know? You can just be who you are. It's so much fun. No, I've always loved TikTok. You know this. You've I've been, been trying to peer pressure me on it for no, a while. In my defense, I said, go on it. And then you went on it. And then I laughed at you. And then you went off it because I laughed at you. And now you're back on it. And I fully support that. But I, I was laughing like with you. <laughs> you are my most supportive friend, except <laughs> my first foray into the TikTok world during lockdown and I was doing dancing videos yeah but that's because you were doing like uh, those people in their 30s no, doing dancing no. videos are so cringe no. so I literally you I killed know. my yay you were such an ATA and I didn't come back on TikTok for a year I know I felt bad I did feel you bad. should because I'm you know I'm so I am supportive of weird I'm the weirdest person but I think the it was it was the dance but you can dance which makes it sad because you can dance as in, as in, like, you can dance. So, so it's not as funny because I was actually trying? No. You mean because I was actually putting myself out there yeah, and being so vulnerable? So fast questions. <laughs> so, guys, as you know, this is part two uh, of the anonymous Q&A. Go back to the first episode or to the anonymous Q&A highlight on Instagram where you can see the answers we've done so far. This section is the fun one because this is the fast fire. We've got... Fast fire first and then a lifestyle section and then our normal neighborhood watch kind of rundown on what's been going on. Yep. So we're going to go straight into fast fire. Yep. And 
Cool. So first question, how do you set boundaries with people who ask personal questions? I, <laughs> when are you going to have a baby? <laughs> that is an amazing question and I'm not probably the most moderate person to ask this of because I'm probably more at the open book end of the spectrum than most people, so I don't really have those boundaries. Um obviously since I just asked people to submit anonymous questions about anything. Um I think the biggest thing is people often get upset when people don't respect their boundaries but they've never communicated to them that those mm. are their boundaries. So you kind of, you know, like I have clearly opened myself up. So when people ask when people ask me personal questions, it's actually not fair for me to turn around and be like, why well, didn't draw the line anyway? So yeah. how are you supposed to know? So I think the biggest thing is if you don't, if you're maybe trying to conceive or you, you for whatever reason you don't want to be asked about, when you're having a baby, I think you need to tell people. You need yeah. to tell the people around you who are who would be those people who will ask you and let them know that, you know, at the moment I just don't want to talk about that topic because you can't, if they don't know, they can't know what's inside your brain. Yeah. So whatever you, whatever boundaries you do set for yourself, I think first, the first thing is decide where those boundaries are. How comfortable with you are you with sharing and how private do you want to be? Once you've decided those, you need to let your people know. And then after that, if anyone kind of steps a little bit too far, you can just tell them. You can tell them in a really nice, compassionate way. Look, that's like even for me, I'm a pretty open book, but there are some things like people have asked my wage and things like that. I'm like, look, that's totally fair for you to ask. That's where my line is. And if you tell people gently, they generally respect what you're saying. So step one, find where the boundaries are because, you know, we all have a different threshold for privacy and sharing. And then step two, tell people about them and be okay with having like a bit of an awkward conversation for the sake of everyone knowing where they stand. Yeah. I think that's fair because I think a lot of people say, ask me anything, I'm an open book. But open book is very different for different many people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, for example, are like, ask open. me about my bowels yeah. because I will answer live from the toilet. Ask me about rectal prolapse. Ask me about hemorrhoids. my hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I, I'm like actually pretty open in the, in the bodily function area. Like I've been sharing about the you know, pelvic ultrasound and all that kind of thing. But then randomly I find things like how much did you sell matrimony yeah, for? What's your weight? is a very personal That's private for me. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, random. who is your best friend? You asked this question. I did not ask this question. You totally asked this question. So, it has to be you. I swear. I swear. Pinky promise. Really? I did not ask this question. Okay. So, guys, we are together a lot and we also preempt what like, each other are going to say all the time. Add. Like when we really are like, I'm easy, but one of us isn't easy. We're like, okay, Pinky promise you're actually easy. <laughs> yeah. And we also have this random thing where it's like, if there was an alien invasion and like, aliens could overtake your body this is so random how would we know that it was truly each oh. other so we have like what's it called identity theft yeah identity theft we have like identity theft questions that we would ask each other that only we would know the answer yeah to. every time we do something weird we're like identity theft identity theft like like, like really really odd things like how many plush toys would i have like you, yeah like if you turn up at your front doorstep and i tried to figure if this was the real sarah or someone's like yeah. pretending to be sarah I'd yeah ask is these it a clue question so yeah, i yeah, would yeah. be like if you had more than one cold sore what would the what congregation would call be called? Yeah, except it's on the podcast. Everyone would know. True. Okay, that'd be, that'd be different to that one. Anyway. That time you had the hemorrhoid, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, yeah, Ange is definitely my sister, best friend. Nick is my best friend. Paul is my best friend. I'm very, very lucky to have – like, I had six bridesmaids. I'm yeah. lucky to have a really have, beautiful range of, of close loved ones. Yeah, I think you have – 
I don't know. I feel like you have a lot of best mates in very different eras of your life. But it's unfair to ask me while I'm talking about it. I know. Which is why I was like, why did you add this? is awkward Because now. I thought it was you. <laughs> I swear to God. The only question I asked was how loud are your farts? That was no, you only- didn't. You said, are they silent but deadly or are they loud? And I was like, you know the answer. It's true. It um, next question. Are you and Anne's sisters or how do you guys know each other? Okay, well, we just answered that. We're not actually sisters, although people do think that all the time, which is really, really sweet, and that says such nice things about our relationship. We've done a whole episode on how we met called the Galentine's episode, which was on Valentine's Day, and I will share the link to that because it takes an entire episode to it explain does. the story. <laughs> Basically, I met her when she was six, and she hasn't grown up much since then, no. but neither have I, so... no. I what agree. does it say about me that my best friend's 10 years older, 10 years younger than me? Well, and you- what does it say about you? <laughs> like 30. I make 30s jokes to you all the time. You're like, yeah. No, you always, no, you do, you do things like, oh, have you seen that movie? And I'll be like, when was it made? You'd be oh, like, like 19, the 80s. Yeah, like 1990. And I'll be like, I wasn't born. And you'd be like, oh, oh shit. Um, but I don't think about age. You know that. I'm not ageist. Age is an abstract number. It's, it's easy to say that identify. when you're in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, guys. Also, I just had my first micro needling and I have no makeup on because I can't for a couple of days because it was the first time my facial lady was like, do you want to try something a little bit more like intense? And I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> but you have such a good skin. What do you have to have for micro needling? So like just like these little fine lines and pigment, oh. pore size, all those kind. Of, you won't know about that for another decade. But oh. when it comes, you can watch <laughs> my – I just put up a TikTok. A couple of people asked for like a mini vlog on what it involves. So that just yeah. went up now. If anyone else is curious, it's on there with all the close-ups of what it involved. Yeah, cool. Um, what, yeah, na- what nationality is Nick? Oh my god! Okay, TikTok people. How many people are on there? Two, seven. <laughs> There's seven people on here. <laughs> can you guys guess Nick's nationality? Because no one can ever guess it. I don't care how it's seven. I feel like I've seen a lot of people join, but they must join and then. Leave. I think it goes up, down, up, down. Also, Daisy and Judy are such beautiful, loyal oh, TikTok live joiners. I love that. I love them so much. Um, guys, what do you think Nick is? Most people say Italian, Spanish, or in Israel they thought he was Israeli. In Jordan they thought he was Jordanian. Like everywhere we've been except Africa, they thought that he was from there. And most people don't guess it. Okay, so should we come back to the end of this quick fire? Should we circle s- back? We'll circle back. <laughs> I'm going to put it in. No, but that's unfair to the podcast what? listeners. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, podcast listeners. <laughs> Nick is half Singaporean. <gasps> And half Scottish, well, Scottish Australian. So most people who are Singaporean pick it from a mile away, but people who don't come from an Asian heritage are often like, he's definitely European. They don't see any Asian. Yeah. It's fascinating. Nixon, I feel like Nick's gotten like Italian a lot. All the time. Yeah. yeah All yeah. the time. And also the quirkiest thing, which some of you guys will know already, is that his mum is the Singaporean one and she was also adopted from Asia. Into yeah, a Caucasian Australian right. family. What are the chances? Daisy just said, wow, I would never have guessed. Right? Mm. Right? I forget, to be honest. Nick decides when he's Asian, when he's not. It's he really does. annoying. Yeah, he swings. Like, he oh, really when swings by convenience. Whichever argument he wants to win. Yeah, pretty much. Um, how did you know that Nick was the one? Oh, so cute. So, God, it was 13 years ago. I don't even remember. Um, I think we met at a, we've done this story before as well, but the short story is we met at a nightclub, so <laughs> not very classy. Um, but the fact that we did meet in that context and then from that day, like from the next day after the first time we were together, we would 
together 24-7 for four weeks in a row. I did not leave his home. The fact that we didn't get sick of each other, we still had things to talk about, we were just had the same like hopes and dreams for life. It was pretty much then. But then I went on exchange pretty much twice in the first eight months. I was away for maybe six of those months mm. to two different countries. And that was like not, you know, that was a big no-no. I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'd just come out of a long-term relationship. So had he. Uh, and then I moved to Europe and then he turned up at the airport because he was like, I don't want to lose this. he's whipped. That's when I knew he was one. It was beautiful. He turned up Cute. literally at Paris Airport and was like, I'm here. So, I couldn't do it. Such romance. Such romance. I love it. He's like, I knew she was the one the day after I met her. <laughs> That's probably what he's like. He tried to propose. Yeah, I remember. Like at uni. <laughs> and then, tried to but make I you. said no because I was like, I'm way too young. And then he didn't ask me again for like seven years. Because no, like, he didn't ask no. you again for probably like ten years. Yeah. No, was, been... it was seven. But I was still like. <clears throat> was it seven? <clears throat> well, it's only been. Like... It had been oh, ten by the time we got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got married on our ten year anniversary. Which was cute. Yeah. Fourteen guys. We've doubled oh, our numbers. Guys, we've doubled we've our doubled numbers. numbers. You've got about 3,300 likes. So. I don't know. Everyone's I, so lovely. As much as I understand social media because that's my thing. I just don't. I, I mean, it's because you're it. 40, just saying. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so once no. an episode. <laughs> I was about to do once it. Once an episode, that. this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why. Uh, it's one of my our other identity theft things. <laughs> not going to get through these questions. Um, have recently <laughs> met someone and feel so different to prior relationships. It feels safe, secure, and happy. However, getting those scared moments of whether this is it or whether I'm swept up in a love fog. Oh, that's beautiful. So this was the same person who asked how I knew Nick was the one. And someone recently in the last episode asked, what do you do about fear of commitment? And I would just say, if you feel safe and love the first time, like, Fear is such a controlling emotion and it can really strip you in relationships, in businesses, in careers, in anything, strip you of things that could work out really well just because you're too worried that they might not work out well. But if you're willing to acknowledge that it could go badly, you have to acknowledge it could go really well. Mm. And you would rather try and see rather than always wonder what if. You don't want to be the reason that it didn't do well. So I would just embrace it and see what happens. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. As the TikTokers would say. Oh, my God. Shoot your shot, gal. Shoot your shot. Go, babe. Go. Love you. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is an alien invasion. I've never heard you speak like that before. Ew. It's a TikTok. Ew. Stress. Ew. <laughs> Uh, okay um we should call these slow fire because i can't do <laughs> i was gonna fire. say this is not gonna be very fast okay sorry i'll do them quicker sorry guys how no it's, it's okay it's um, take your time take, yeah, your take, towel. A, take a towel a skeleton walks in oh someone's trying to say a joke on the ticky tocky okay i need to hit how, punchline and then i'll share it here <laughs> how has your relationship been with alcohol after years of not having alcohol Really amazing question. So I didn't drink for seven years after I got adrenal fatigue and I really just didn't keep drinking, not because I, I like, so I recovered after about three years. I was fully able to tolerate, you know, coffee and, um, and alcohol again, but I just didn't go back to it because I said, until I miss it or until I have the occasion, why would I go back to something I haven't really missed? I really got out of the habit of drinking. I had stopped needing it to get social confidence. I had to build a lot of those kind of skills that I'd never had to build before. And it wasn't until my 30th and then our wedding that I thought I would like to toast and have a champagne. So maybe I'll just have a drink again. And I think that break from, especially in the pivotal age of your like mid twenties 
to have learned how to do that without alcohol means I have such a great relationship with it now. I drink very occasionally. It's very much based on when I actually feel like a drink rather than social construct or habit or because everyone else is. So it totally changed how I kind of view the role of alcohol in my life. Um, I could do a whole episode on that, by the way. If anyone else has questions about sobriety, oh, totally. We should have yeah. done it for dry July. Well, it's still July next week. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> suggestions for those who struggle with networking at conferences? Oh, my gosh. So networking is the hardest topic ever in business, in careers. It's so awkward. Even really confident extroverted people find it uncomfortable, but it is also the most necessary. And I think the most powerful thing you can do to build a dream, your dream life, is it's the people around you. Um, the biggest thing I say, and you've heard me say this before, Ange, is break the circle. Like, you know, that awkward thing where you're standing in a circle and everyone's already in a conversation and you are, what are you doing? I'm adding to the live. (laughs) (laughs) So you're part of the circle and, you know, there'll be like 10 people surrounding the one person you want to talk to. Most people feel so awkward. They will never break into the circle and they'll leave without having spoken to the person that they went there to see. I just decided it's going to be awkward no matter what, but it's going to be more awkward if I leave and I haven't use my one chance to go and chat to that person. I'm just going to rip the band-aid. So you have to do that awkward thing where you kind of like shoulder your way in mm. and like make a space and then pretend like you were there the whole time and be like, mm, yes, it's awkward. But every time you do it, you have the chance to like make a conversation, make yourself memorable to that person. You just have to get over the fact that networking sucks, is uncomfortable yeah, and it's is so awkward. awkward. Because then when you do push through, years later when you want to email that person and ask them for advice or something, they'll remember you because you made the effort to go and talk to them. Mm. So- I call it break the circle. And then once you think about it as a thing that's going to be awkward, but you just do it anyway, it's kind of easier because you're like, everyone hates this. We all look stupid. Everyone knows I'm breaking the circle because I'm shouldering my way in, but it was worth it. Yeah. my. Can I ask a question on the back of that? Yeah. Do people, because you know you would have started as someone wanting to know people. Mm-hmm. You'd probably now have people wanting to know you. Oh, that's cute. Is it, is it like obvious when people are trying really hard to like n- to break the you? circle yeah totally and you know what i do because i know that they're doing that i will physically be like guys move back let's make the circle bigger because i okay. know how much guts it's taken them to come up and like make their face known in that circle and i kind of give them an opportunity to contribute by like making eye contact to kind of bring them in because i know how uncomfortable that is yeah okay and if they've gone to all the effort to be there and and to t- wait at the end and to wait in a queue sometimes, I'm like, you deserve to ask the question you want to ask. Yeah, fair. Um, okay, next question. Worst trouble you got into as a kid? <gasps> this girl's actually real. You were actually a real rebel. <laughs> I was so naughty. You were not a girl. <laughs> Such a naughty girl. So up until like in, from year seven to year 10 and 11, I was so naughty, like wagging smoking my uniform like doing terrible things and then I just turned into the biggest nerd rule abiding goody two shoes by year 12. I think the biggest trouble I probably got in was I mean getting caught wagging a lot. Were you suspended at one point at all? Did you ever get suspended? Um no because my (laughs) mom is too nice so every time I'd say every time she'd find out I forged her signature she'd just be like yeah that was me because she didn't want me to get in trouble (laughs) I think the biggest trouble I got in was when she called me because she knew I wasn't at school she'd already checked and I was at Windsor train station and 
she called me and was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in photography. I'm in the dark room, so I can't talk. And this train just goes, <laughs> the next train to Flinders Street. And I was like, oh, it's a video playing in the background. And she's like, use it. And I'd use some terrible excuse like someone in my family had died or something really immoral. <gasps> and I got in so much trouble. But, like, I don't even know what the I – just, I just never got in trouble, yeah. trouble. She'd just be like – I'm really disappointed in you. But, yeah. I mean, like the amount of times where I can genuinely thank the heavens or whoever is looking down on me that I didn't die, like just being drunk on the street as a teenager. <laughs> like yeah. like there's been some hairy, hairy moments. Um, yeah. I don't know if you mean like life trouble or discipline, discipline trouble, but both pretty hairy. I can't think of any that were like <sighs> – I couldn't imagine Rizzy being like real disciplined. No, she doesn't like, yell, but she yeah. gets like, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, which that's is really, worse. yeah, it's really sad because she's just it's so, so awesome. much worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even know what the worst thing is. Like, yeah, I don't know. But lots of terrible yeah. things that yeah. I'm not really pleased to admit. <laughs> um, worst food you've ever eaten? Oh, okay, stinky tofu in Taiwan. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. It's no, I can't. Oh my god, it's because delicious. smell is taste. Delicious. So I can't distinguish the taste from the like. It smells like a toilet. Durian, stinky tofu. Yeah, durian's fine. I love durian. Stinky tofu is like it literally smells like garbage, and but, then you feel like you're putting garbage in your mouth. No, gross. Oh, someone just said, "Is that her kid?" Yes, this is my <laughs> child. <laughs> Who said this is my kid? To our king. Oh, sweet. I know. Cool. Um, no, it's not my kid. <laughs> it's my my. I'll take it. My pseudo little We've sister slash everything. best friend. I know. I love it. Um. Okay. Oh no. <clears throat> Here we go. Get ready, everybody. Do you speak French well? We never hear you speak. <laughs> oh, I do think. I think French is my best language of my um, foreign languages. You speak it very well. Yeah. I mean, I I think because I lived there, so I did part of my degree over there, but not just language classes. I actually had to do some of my law subjects in French. And that <laughs> I cried for three months and didn't understand anything. And then the last six months, it, the last three months, it like clicked. And because I know proper French, I think I don't think I'm very good because I compare it to like a native, like all my friends who who were over there who I studied with. So I don't think I speak incredibly well because I've forgotten everything. But then I guess by the standard of people who just did it at uni or something, um, because I had to do law in that language, it forced me to get get more fluent than I would have otherwise. No, I think we went to dinner the other night and there was a lady and she was French. Like she she had this really thick <laughs> French accent and then you guys went into a full spell of like speaking French. And I love it. I think it's awesome. But I forget how fluent you are in French to be able to speak to a native tongue French person so easily. It's just such a beautiful language. Yeah, you're welcome. Would you like to say anything to our French? No, I'm okay. Yeah, do it. No. <laughs> say, um, leave this week's nugget. I'm in French. really shy about speaking other languages because I feel like if there's a native one there, they'll be like, no, wow, she's so I think, love it. I think you should say this week's nugget is. What is nugget? I don't know what Easter egg would be in um, French. Le secret que l'on va laisser dans l'épisode de cette semaine est... Is... <laughs> your favourite French food. Oh. In the comments. Mm. So that's the nugget. They have to Yeah, no, no. Bit. I'm like, would I say... So there's lots of words for food. Ah, oh, right. I don't favorite... know if it'd be like plat, which is plate, or like nourriture, which is like food, or like cuisine. Cuisine française préférée. 
Et mine or theirs? Theirs. La cuisine française que vous préférez le plus est... Il faut, nous, il faut nous dire dans les comments. <rire> Je ne sais pas comment dire comments. Euh, on Instagram. Pour... <rire> What else do I say? That's perfect. Okay. Nestlé Toulouse. Nestlé Toulouse. Merci beaucoup. Yeah. J'ai beaucoup oublié. Je suis désolée. Uh, Tous les Français qui uh, écoutent en ce moment. Merci. Perfect. That sounded very accurate. I can't fact check that. I'm just pressure. I'm like, ah. Um, I did yeah. give you a very hard thing to say. I feel. Um, okay. What languages are you fluent in? Uh, not English. A little bit French. I would say the only two languages I could even say are fluent are English and French. Yeah, but you know enough to converse in Italian, Spanish, Mandarin, Russian. Not <laughs> Russian, nowhere near fluent. Um, I just can say a few things. Um, I love languages. That's the there? thing. There was a few more, some random ones. I La did Japanese and Chinese Latvian. at uni. <laughs> Rwanda. I learned a whole nursery rhyme when we were in Rwanda. Can you imagine you go to Rwanda and they're like, can you say anything? And you're like singing the nursery rhyme. I literally rhyme. did. I was like, hello, that's all I can say. I don't. I never remember shoulders and toes. Knees and, knees and toes. toes. I was like heads and shoulders. Anyway, I do love languages. And I find once you learn one, particularly study, you can see the patterns in others. So... It's a lot. Once you get your brain in that kind of phase, yeah. Um, favorite movie slash TV series. Oh, that is so hard. Well, you guys all know I love war movies, so I'm very niche. Black Hawk Down is my favorite movie ever. Zero Dark Thirty. Um, but recently, like TV shows that I love, I freaking love Shit's Creek. It's like the feel good, <sighs> most happiest, hilarious movie. Friends always. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love also all crime movies. I just watched The Terminal List, which I oh. love. It's a new Jack Carr with Chris Pratt in it. Oh. It's a very like Navy teams, like the teams. You know, I love watching movies about the yeah. teams. Um, but yeah, those shows I love. What else do I just like? I love a lot of television. We watch a lot of television. Yeah. Um, a lot in the background. Sense 8 on Netflix was Sense one of my favorites. So I loved that. Um, you made really me watch liked, that. I, did you not like feel it oh in your gosh, heart? It was, it was heart poke. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, what other movies? I love like a lot of classics like Forrest Gump, Titanic, um, but I oh, I kind of love everything. Like Catch mm. Me If You Can. I love Leonardo da Vin Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> movies. I love I love the Leonardo da Vinci, <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. I love that movie. I love lots of random things. Oh, Harry Potter. Oh, obviously. I mean, Potter. obviously Harry obviously. Potter. Um, what else? There's been so many good things on Netflix recently. Um, one I loved recently was Orthodox, Unorthodox. Oh, I didn't end up watching oh, that, but you I heard it was good. good. It was yeah. brilliant. The Messiah was really good. There's a lot of like mini series. Um, lots of British TV. Line of Duty, amazing. The Bodyguard, amazing. Like crime cop kind of shows. Um, I'm all over the shop really with yeah. TV and movie. You know my taste is like so bizarre. Yeah. But, but there's like The Blind Side is one of my favorite Blind movies of all good. time. Feel Good. I love Feel Good and I love the opposite of Feel Good, like, like War. Full on, like full <laughs> on no death in between. Like Schindler's List. <laughs> no, I cannot. No, can't do Schindler's List. You can't do Schindler's no, List? I'm so no, surprised. No. Really? But what, like what Saving about, Private Ryan, like I love all those movies. What about like The Pianist? Yeah, I love The Pianist. Okay, that's very very Schindler's List vibes. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't. Like, I just, just Liam Neeson. Yeah. I just, oh, I'm okay. like, you don't like Liam I have Neeson. a very special set of skills. Um, but you, you don't like Taken? <laughs> I like Taken, yeah, but I just can't make not make fun of it. I love yeah, the Bourne yeah, yeah. movies. I love yeah. all the Bourne movies. The Accountant, 
love The Accountant. Have you seen that? <gasps> You'll mm. love it. Did you it's ever like, watch Shooter? Yeah, love Shooter. Oh, Shooter's good. Love Shooter. Um, I need to know the genre. Kim's Convenience, like love oh, Parks yeah, and yeah, Rec, yeah. that kind of vibe. Um, the okay, Office, so the guys, Office, guys, so all everything time. On, so every TV show in every genre. I feel really sorry for the five people who have been um, so loyal and stayed here. <laughs> I eat Judy. <laughs> um, favorite guest on the podcast? Oh, very, very difficult. Um, in fact, pretty much impossible. So many favorites for different reasons. And I think that's why I love the show because the guests are so different. But you guys all know the one that stands out so much to me is Dr. Richard Harris, who's the 2019 co-Australian of the year and rescued the boys from the Thai cave. So his story is incredible. And the episode was so amazing because we've all heard about that, you know, disaster in the news, but the detail of what actually happened and what it took to rescue them is insane. And you all know that my jam is that everyone's yay is going to be someone else's absolute nightmare, but you need to stick with whatever combination of joy makes sense to you because one day someone out there will want exactly what you have. And he was a, or he is an anaesthetist by trade and a technical cave diver by hobby. They don't make sense to each other. They have no connection. One doesn't further the other. But on that occasion, the only person in the world who could do the dive was that was so technical a Navy SEAL diver died and sedate the children at the other end. He was the only one in the world. So, mm. like, if he had for one minute let go of that combination of, of yay because he thought it was weird, then no one would have been able to save them. So it blows my mind. Favourite. You have to watch The Rescue on Amazon. I know. It was really good. Really, 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 really good. Really. Hala, 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 recommend. Recent favourite, Harry Garside. Again, Yes. outside the box. Like people who push your understanding of humanity. He's our first Olympic medalist boxer in over 30 years for Australia, but he is breaking down the traditional stereotypes of masculinity. He wears nail polish, he likes to wear skirts, but he is also the epitome of masculinity and strength. It's like he's so articulate. He's only like 26 or something. Absolute legend. Yeah. And then Gary Vee was just I the one that I was oh, like yeah, as if he ever said yes to be on the show and it was amazing. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk. He's good. Uh, Favourite podcasts to recommend? Ooh. Well, again – I have had this weird experience in my life where I like to listen to nonfiction and read nonfiction, but to me that is not resting. I used to use it as rest because mm. I was like, oh, I'm reading a book, where well, then I'd be reading a finance book and I wouldn't switch off. So most of mine are not related to self-development or the news or anything current. They're more true crime. <laughs> they are all true which crime. Which is so bad. My favourites are serial um, the teacher's trial going on mm. at the moment is fascinating. If you listen to the teacher's pet, anything Headley Thomas from The Australian is amazing. Um, he also did The Night Driver, Shandy's Story. Um, the Melissa Caddick one, Liar mm, Liar, was yeah. fascinating. Uh, there's so many amazing crime podcasts out there. Um, I love Shameless all time. Like they're just brilliant and so unique and so good at what they do. I love listening to them for something that is a little bit more intellectual or um, makes you really reflect on things that are happening quite up to date in society. The Briefing, I love The Briefing and The Weekend Briefing. Jamila Rizvi is just a star. Gosh, there are so many. Oh, and my favourite, favourite, favourite at the moment is Smartless. Which oh, is Will Arnett, yeah. um, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes, and they started it in lockdown, and they are just so funny. They're all comedians, 
but they each bring a really famous guest each week that the other three don't know is coming on, like Will Ferrell, Ricky Gervais. It's hilarious. If you want to just laugh and feel great about life at the end, just brainless, it's amazing. Uh, next overseas holiday. We have, we have a wedding in Italy in a couple of weeks so and we had sad. just come back from Egypt and we we're like, we can't do it. It's just too extravagant and silly. But we also were like, we haven't been able to travel for three years and, you know, it's a wedding. It's so beautiful. What an occasion. And we want to have kids soon, as you guys know from the last episode. So if we can do anything spontaneous, it's now. So, you know, seize the A. Desert Island. Wait. Desert Island Picks? Desert Island Picks? Five? Three? I have no idea. I also, I think this question said Desert Island Discs. discs. I'm like, you mean like the CDs I would take with me? Because Spice oh. Girls. No, I think they meant Picks. I don't, I have not, I have, <laughs> as in like the TV show? I think they mean Picks of things I would take. SPF, 50 plus, always. Oh, I thought, right, okay. Um, my phone? Assume that it came with signal and stuff yep. because, like, we've got to vlog that shit. No, but you can only choose five things. <laughs> okay, so SPF 50 plus. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Desert Island. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, you know, I just had needling, dude. Yeah, I've got to protect survival. my skin. Yeah. What, like, would you say water? Like, are you allowed to say that? Because of whatever you want. I'd assume you can also filter to your own water and on the desert island. Okay, so filtration tablets so I can change. <laughs> sure, you can. <came> for- <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, a jar of peanut butter. Yep. <clears throat> Paul. Okay. I mean, I should you say one Nick. More. I should say my you husband. One more. <laughs> Nick. Okay, cool. Sounds like sounds like you won't survive this thing. Okay, cool. SPF. Water what tablets. A boring five picks. Paul, Nick, and what was the other one? Something random. My phone. No, you didn't say your phone. Oh, Ange. No, you no, you had five, oh, so I don't know. Toilet paper. <laughs> peanut butter, peanut jar butter, of peanut butter. Oh my God. Because like protein, just one jar. <laughs> just one jar. Um, and no, I always have dry lips, so like lip gloss, moisturizer, you know, balm, whatever. Um, Chai tea, also. Gosh, favorite ninja, du- favorite ninja turtle. This was the weirdest question, and I thought it was Nick, and it wasn't. I'm gonna have to say Michelangelo because he's the one I remember mainly. I didn't really watch it, but there's like Raffaello, yeah, Donatello, yeah, but I don't know what they do. So Michelangelo, yeah, the blue one is the leader. Who's he? <laughs> Not Michelangelo? Yeah, He's... no idea. Picasso? No. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway. Okay, no, whoever asked, I'm like, Nick, that's a different age group. <laughs> um, tell me a funny joke. Oh, someone wrote a funny joke. A skeleton walks into a bar. Took our king. Can you please tell us what the actual part? Orders a beer and a mop. And then he didn't finish the joke. He or she. Oh, I get it. That's finish. the joke. What is it? Because they. Oh, because the beer goes through the skin and, oh. and they're going to mop it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel next like question. I'm the funny joke. Just the walking you funny joke. You are the joke. Yeah. Um, top three favorite jobs or clients. That's a good one. <gasps> oh, okay. That's really hard. Um, L'Oreal, because. I get to work with them across the business unit and all the the things they're doing. They're doing this amazing sustainability project in the Great Barrier Reef, like beyond their products. I love being part of that. And they do this amazing for women in science program where they, I actually got to produce a podcast last year on some of the fellows that won that award because scientists are the core of creating their beauty products. They put some money into this Iranian battery engineer, like these incredible, incredible women. But then also to be able to see 
you know, the um, they own so many different products and to see what goes into when they decide they want to reduce plastic, like how that happens, um, that is just a joy because I, I once said when I was a lawyer, if I could ever do anything, I'd want to be a lawyer in-house at L'Oreal and I never thought I would get to work with them in such a different way. Um, but that connection has been really cool and that they're, you know, French and yeah. I, I will one day hopefully get to go and visit the office in That's France. So, cool. so, so cool. So many heritage brands. Um What's another one? I just, I'm so privileged to work with the coolest companies. Intrepid is another one. Like obviously we just did our honeymoon and to to get to see a company that was just founded by two people with a vision. It's an Australian business and now it's all over the world and they've got B Corp certification and they- Do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. They are carbon neutral, the wow. office. And they literally cut out parts of their itineraries now that don't, they can't control the animal welfare standards and they don't give you any booklets or anything because they don't want to, you know, they give it all virtually because they don't want you to have paper or plastic. You don't get, you can't that. use plastic water bottles. Like there's so many cool things. We drove one leg because they don't, you could do a flight, but they don't want to do, you know, yeah. they don't want to increase their carbon footprint. Like I love that. And the locals are paid so well. And the transparency yeah. of it, being able to travel again and do it consciously is really, really cool. Yeah. Like that's such a privilege. There's so many businesses I get to work with that I just love. And I yeah. think that's something I think I'm really lucky about. It's hard. The fact that I find it hard to pick about the coolest clients and jobs is amazing. Um, best thing about living where you live? I was going to say suburb. <laughs> I feel like you've shared the suburb, but I was like. Yeah, people know where I live. I okay, think cool. Melbourne's amazing just because I've actually lived in this area my whole life and there's a big park. It's so dog friendly. It's family friendly. There's lots of cafes and and a lot going on. It's very fitness conscious. So there's cool studios. Um, it's yeah, a very privileged, beautiful mm, place to live. To the city. Yeah, close to the city, but not too far from the beach. Um, we're very, very lucky. But Paul mainly, he just loves it. Yeah, he just loves his life. I love my little doggy. Um, loving your hair. What did you ask for in the salon? <gasps> That's so nice. Or salon. So I didn't dye my hair for ten years, maybe more. And I just it was like seriously because I'm lazy. I was like, I can't. Regrowth on dark Asian hair is too obvious. Can't be bothered with the upkeep upkeep and then one day Sarah from Organica who is has been my hairdresser forever is incredible and she was like I just want to try like you always want more volume and more depth and it's you, you need like a little bit of highlights and she's like just just let me do it and I didn't ask for anything she literally just did it in a way that my regrowth doesn't show but when I do curls and stuff you can actually see volume yeah and I don't even know. I literally just uh, uh, quite a few people have just shown their hairdressers the photo of my hair because she just did. I don't know what she did. She did it amazingly. And I'm so happy with it. Yeah. It's like, um, remember that photo of you as a kid where you've got those like. My banana streaks that I used to have. <laughs> oh, my God. So embarrassing. Um, so answer to that. She didn't ask for anything. It's just I the wish photo. I, I should try and get the colors for you. I will try. Um, but she did just the way that they do it underneath. It's all underneath so that you can't see the regrowth. It's amazing. 36 men's. Um, I know. And we're on like question two. No, no, no. We're, so, at, we're at lifestyle now. Do oh, you want to finish all the lifestyles? Sure. I'll try and do them as quick fire. Okay. And if there's any really long ones, I might go back to doing the story essay text on Instagram because oh, it's yeah, easier yeah. to kind of be articulate without taking up your ear holes. Um, how often do you work out weekly and what's the schedule like? 
Um, interesting question. It changes a lot. I'm very phasey. You know, I'm very phasey. I go through like phases of all running and then mm. all yoga and then all Pilates. Um, but lately, for maybe the last year since it's been back open in lockdown, obviously it was a lot of running because that's all we could do. And yeah. I, I used to be a non-runner, couldn't run more than a kilometer. And then through Nike, we were able to prove to ourselves that we could build up to a half marathon, which was just insane. I still can't believe that happened, but I really got into the joy of running. So I love that you can do that anywhere. I still run much shorter distances now, but I love running. But the the most amazing workout I've been doing lately is strong, which is I there's a TikTok about it, about like what it involves. It's a reformer bed, but with a rower on the end. And so it's intense. It's so hard. But for someone who I don't I used to work out every day and it burnt me out. My body doesn't like working out every day. I've learnt to just listen to what it's telling me. I actually prefer to do a much more intense workout, but only two to three times a week. And so in those classes, it's like 45 minutes to an hour and it's really intense cardio with really intense strength. So you get a bit of everything. It kind of ticks all the boxes and I only need to do it like twice a week. And then I walk the dog and go for walks and I like to do yoga sometimes, but I haven't done it. I'm not doing it enough, but really like twice a week, most of the time. And that keeps me pretty fit. Yeah. We were chatting the other day. We, our friendship didn't revolve around gym, but we did a lot of gymming together. Literally every day I'd say we'd meet up for a session and then just work together. But we were obsessed with like wanting to make each other vomit. And now we're just like, it's really not a vibe. It's not fun anymore. And it's not. Yeah. It doesn't help longevity. I think you get injured. You could just get tired. It's a lot. And we were tired and sore all the time. And I think everyone goes through that phase, that relationship with exercise where you don't actually listen to your body. You just do what you think Mm. you should do or you do it out of habit or you do it because you think you need to do it seven days a week. And I've just found this sweet spot, which is I have have a very fast metabolism. So some people do need to work out, you know, more regularly or for heart reasons or whatever. Uh, mentally, I find that sometimes I work out much more for the emotional release than I do for the physical. Um, but two to three times of strong is perfect for me. I can recover in between. Like I'm learning to listen to my body. Um, second question to that is any suggestions for those who are trying to run a small business but have a balanced life? How, how- And want a balanced, healthy social lifestyle. Mm, Really hard one. And definitely there are the early years of your business where that balance is a lot harder. And probably you're not necessarily meant to be able to have the balance because the business will be, it's like a baby. It needs a lot more time and, and energy at the start. But I think also exercise is like, what, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour out of your day. Nothing can't wait that long. So for your mental and physical health, you do probably have to start practicing early, just making time for it. It doesn't have to be every day, but you won't actually make, you won't make the distance with the business if you're not keeping yourself getting fresh air and moving your blood and getting fresh ideas. You know, I feel like you need to schedule it in and treat it like a priority, which is hard to do. Um, what would you say to someone with a fear of commitment and pushes the good away? We spoke about this before. Oh, that's, that's a hard very one. deep question. Yeah. Um Honestly, I think therapy. I'm a big fan of having a psychologist. I've had one for 20 years and for different reasons, different ones at different times. And I think if you have something deep in your psyche that is preventing you from being who you want to be, having an expert talk you through it and give you some proper tools is immeasurably valuable. Like 
I think, especially with something like commitment, if it's a pattern and it's ruining your ability to develop deep relationships, therapy, if you can afford it and access it, is is really, really valuable. Um, but also I think you can do a lot of self-reflection and self-work. Why are you scared of commitment? Is it because you're scared that it will go wrong? Is it because you don't like what commitment feels like? Or is it because you just haven't found the thing or the right person that actually, like, is it a fear of commitment or is it just that you've never found something that suits? So I think a lot of self-work, um, reflection, journaling, that can really help you figure out what you're actually feeling and does so much journaling and that helps you sort out what, what you are feeling and how to work through it. Talking to friends, talking to other people, listen to podcasts because there's so much information from people who suffer those exact same things um, who can talk about how they worked through it. Um, But I think be gentle on yourself. If you do have a deep fear of anything, it takes time to undo unhelpful neural pathways. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, hi, Sarah Loveheart. Can you please delve deeper to your experience on living overseas? Any tips? And do you think the pros and cons of these had a lot to do with shaping you as an adult? Oh, I am. I think because I've always loved languages and other cultures, and most of you will have spoken to me about this before, heard me speak about this before. I think travel is the most transformative way to grow. It's obviously a huge privilege to be able to travel. And I have always prioritized travel over clothes, shopping, drinking, going out, food, everything. Like in uni, I would go destitute just to go on exchange because I have always felt like that's where you stretch your brain in a way that you can never go back. Like you just learn new things, you get fresh ideas, you just see everything differently and you become a more well-rounded person. Living overseas is an incredible experience. It's incredibly scary. It's so hard. It can be so lonely. Um, but I think it forces you out of your comfort zone in a way that is, it will change you forever. You'll make contacts and experiences that will never not be useful in some way. So I think if you do get the opportunity to do it, you can always come home. You can always come home to the best country in the world. So if you get the chance, do it, do it for a short time. Just try if you can. And if that's what you want, I think, um, I think it's just so valuable. Most people I know who have had a, the chance at an expat stint or a uni exchange or whatever it is have just become such better rounded people. Mm. Yeah. I love travel. Um, <laughs> We're very biased though because yeah, that's, that's our true. like uh, one of our biggest priorities in life mm. is to explore the world and explore its people. That's how we experience awe. I learned what awe meant today, like properly awe. <laughs> No, as really? In like, like I blew you away? No, or like as you're in, in awe right now? No. Uh, <laughs> so, so, no, I was listening to a podcast about how oh. the science of happiness and finding awe, and they were defining awe to be the feeling of vastness that you can't quite comprehend at that time. Egypt. And I didn't realize that's what awe meant. Like yeah. you were saying so much, I'm in awe, blah, blah, blah. But in awe, by definition, apparently means kind of that vast sense which is what i feel when i'm on hills and lights which i didn't <gasps> oh draw made sense anyway andrew's yay is being on hills where you can see the skyline it's the vastness at night with all the lights yeah, like the trigger lights. Tr- trigger massive. town um ready saucy tips on keeping a spicy sex life after 13 years <laughs> and how do you support a healthy sex life when there's so much travel in your relationship this is a really hard question because i i'm an open book but as you guys know as i said in the last episode when the question involves someone else i don't want to bring them into it in a way that they haven't given me permission 
So all I will say here is that um, it's like anything in a relationship. You just have to talk about it. You have to make an effort. You have to prioritize these things as a couple and most things like that don't just come easily. Like most couples after that long, you don't just continue with ease for your whole lifetime. It involves work. There are ups and downs. There are roller coasters in all kinds of emotions, including your sex life. And I think it's, yeah, open communication, particularly with travel. When you know that you're going to be traveling a lot, you have to talk about that stuff. You have to work out something that works for you guys. So open communication and be willing to work on a relationship. Don't expect your relationship to just be how you want it to be without work. Um, How did you and Nick meet? I will share the link to the episode where we talk about that, but nightclub. Sexy. Yeah. So Ooh, classy. Sarah's on the table <laughs> doing a pole dance. Uh, <laughs> How to meet your husband 101. Get on a podium. Nick is boring too much. <laughs> um, okay, when you travel, i.e. honeymoon, are there freebies or even better, are you getting paid? Essentially getting paid to have what we see as the best life ever. Is that a perk of your platform and outreach at the minute? That's a really good question and it varies. I think it's a really interesting time in the market where people can have careers that involve incredible partnerships and I totally agree. Every day that I get to do something that involves any travel whatsoever, even when I was at the law firm, being paid to travel for work, even for work is the dream. It's what I wanted my entire life and I am so lucky that some of the partnerships that I have had have like Jetstar is one of them and Intrepid is this amazing partnership that's just sort of come out of nowhere this year that they do involve traveling and something that I would have done anyway and have always wanted to do. And I think they're the most organic partnerships is Mm. where you would have done that thing anyway and then you just happen to be introduced to the company and then get to do it. Like all the products I use in paid partnerships are ones that usually came about because I use them anyway, tagged them, and then they reach out. So it's a very beautiful, organic development of a relationship. And that does mean, yeah, there have been – there are trips that I do where I – like there are just trips where I go on them, pay for them, totally normal, and then I will often still share and tag because people – like to know, you know, if we share something, they're like, where is that? Is that yeah. cool accommodation in blah? And I love tagging and sharing the whole journey. Then there are trips where sometimes a, a destination will say, we would love you to come and stay if you can fit it in or you're down this area. Um, we'd love to offer that in exchange for you covering it. And so that's free and but also in exchange for what other people would pay for. So it is still being paid for in your work. But yes, in terms of money exchange, it's free. And then there are jobs where you weren't going to do that trip anyway. And obviously when you're away, you you can't do other work. So it is still the booking of your time and you get booked to go on a job. And then that entire time you're expected to do certain deliverables. It's like your time is measured out, not based on what you choose. And you often don't choose the destination, which again, it's still amazing. Mm. But in that structure where you are there to do what they would like you to do and cover it in exactly the way they would like you to do it, that is when it is often a paid job where you you get the trip and you get paid to go on it, which sounds outrageous. It is outrageous. Mm. It is so incredible. Um, But it does definitely come with expectations, reporting, deliverables. You have to do full reports afterwards. you have to be on. Like you have to be – it's – it's all like obviously it's an awesome thing, but you forget that it's not a trip that you can just if you want to laze around today, you can't really laze around today. Yeah, it's yeah. like you've got to be on, which is still really fun. Yeah. But it's that 
And you're filming the entire time. Yeah, Yeah, you're not like, I mean, again, I would be filming the the entire time anyway. I'm not saying that it's hard, you know, but you you do start the day with a very full itinerary of things that are on your list and you have to cover them and then you have to like spend most of the night editing it so it's up at the right time. And then the whole trip is consumed by Mm. the deliverables you're supposed to deliver by the time you get back and um, and you can't do any most of the time you can't do any other work while you're there just because you're so busy but again awesome. pinch myself that that's a job it's yeah. like getaway presenters so they're awesome. working you wouldn't expect them to do that for free yeah but they still get to travel for work yeah. and it's insane so yeah there's a lot of different ways um but we're sort of like we still travel and pay for it normally yeah. and don't kind of go oh we're going to x can we try and line something up we'll still just go yeah um and then if something comes up as well, we'll do that as well. It's, yeah, but we're very, very lucky. It's an incredible, incredible work development. You worked hard for it, though. It didn't just yeah. arrive. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what is your net worth? Okay, that that is a – I did open up to anonymous <laughs> questions. I actually don't know. How do you calculate I don't even that? know how you work that out. So I couldn't even answer if I wanted to. I, but I probably how you wouldn't share that, but I don't even know. One dollar. I don't actually think that I'm at the stage where I would have a net worth. You know how, like, yeah, how do you- only people who are bajillionaires actually have a net worth. Like, I think it's calculate. I don't even know. Who even knows that? Um, how are your assets and finance distributed? Ooh, um – as Again. in, sorry, as in shares, crypto, property, business, etc. Would love yeah, to learn okay. from another woman on what they're doing. Thank you. So yeah. Question. Okay. So I have a very, very small share portfolio. I'm not very good at shares and don't give it the attention and time it needs. Um, and for that reason, I don't have any crypto either. I love it. You love it. I'm not, not crypto. I literally shares. have like a very tiny amount of shares that I got when I I bought them when I thought I was going to get into the shares when I was a lawyer actually, and I haven't done anything with them. Like literally less than $500 worth of shares. Um, so it's mainly the business. It's yeah. business and assets and, um, yeah, and my you're, car. You're very like, financially responsible though. Like you uh, have a separate account, like as in savings account that yeah. you put away to and you're oh, yeah. quite in tune with that. Yeah, so whereas, I have clear percentages of yeah. like X amount goes obviously straight to tax because we're not POIG. We're not employed by someone, so we have to take our tax out first. We take out GST, then you take out your income tax. Then I take a massive chunk and it goes straight to savings and I don't touch it. And then the rest is um, some for personal expenses and then some goes in the business account for business expenses. But we're like we're pretty budget. We budget pretty carefully. Yeah, you're pretty like I'm very like spreadsheety. I was going to say I'm I'm very fiscal. Can you do mine? Absolutely, I do Nick's. Because I'm terrible. I've always been like that. Like I know, I kind of know what's happening with it, but I don't can't sit down and tell you what's going on. Even at uni, people like, how are you affording to travel? Even though, of course, we were like doing it very cheap, but. People would be like, how could you afford to do a couple of exchanges if your parents aren't giving you money? And I was like, because I literally spreadsheet everything. When I know I'm traveling or I know I want to go on a trip, I just wouldn't buy a new dress. I'd wear the same dress like for a whole year every time I went out. And I wouldn't like for my formal, I didn't get my makeup and hair done. I did my own makeup and I made a dress, you know, things like that because I knew that I wanted to travel. So I've always been good at like rejigging. Um, there's two last questions, which two of which I feel like you've answered in various ways in other podcasts and or in videos. But one is skincare routine and the other is day in the life. Skincare routines I and feel like day in the life. Yeah. And I also feel like I probably need to do them as a video. I agree. But um, day in the life, I did a what I think is a really funny one on TikTok on a day where I didn't get to choose. Because you know when people do day in the life yeah. and they pick the coolest day ever, which I'm sure I've done in my life. But I was like, 
I'm going to do it today because I didn't get to choose. I had no makeup on. I woke up, sat in bed, sat on my laptop. Ten hours later, <laughs> I was still there. <laughs> so that's that's one type of day in my life that I'll try and do one. But they're so different. You know my day's never the oh, same. No, that's why I was like, that'd be hard for you. You couldn't, even if you chose six days, that would be them would so be, different. Yeah. yeah, I'll try and like maybe write out a few common yeah. things and I'll put that on Instagram. And same with skincare routine. There's like a lot of products. I, I like to try a lot of different things you probably noticed, um, but I have a few favorites that are like ride or dies for skincare. And needling is this new thing as well. So there's a lot of layers to the skincare <laughs> routine. But I went from like... Obviously, you guys know I'm Korean by heritage, but adopted. So I don't, I'm not like, I don't have a 12 step Korean skincare routine. I'm getting there though. I went from like one step to like maybe five now. So I'm getting there. Um, That was the end of the questions. questions. Oh, thank you guys so much. That anonymous Q&A was so friendly. They're fun, aren't they? But they're so lovely. Some you people have had questions. a really hard time. Yeah, yeah you I'm get like, fun oh, questions. You guys are the nicest. Anyway, I feel like. That's probably enough because it's 55 minutes. So we will do Egypt and our neighborhood watch items, one of which <laughs> there's so many. I think we'll just we'll do it next week. But thank you guys so much for the beautiful questions. Anything else we want to add, Bim? No, nah, thanks for joining in, Tiki Talkies. Thanks for joining, Tiki Talkies. And also thank you so much to Judy. Mama Bear's here. Who? Rizzy? No, not oh. my actual mum. Mama Bear. Is the loveliest. She's been on a few lives as well and oh, came from Cannes. Should we always do these lives? Is the situation now? Oh my god, that would be really. Fun. I didn't know we were doing this. We sat down no, and so I was like, I. "So we're going to go live." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I just thought that it would be. Hi, Mama Bear. I just thought it'd be nice because I've only started getting on the TikTok live bandwagon. No, yeah, it's just awesome. now. Like this is the second. I think this. I did one on Cannes and then one on mine. So this is my second one on this page. Yeah, and people, and it's kind of fun. Well, people have been wanting a live event. Which we will do, yeah. Yeah. But I think this is a fun way to like yeah. – that means every episode we can do some anonymous Q&A, but not anonymous. We can do TikTok Q&A so yeah. you guys can ask questions while we record it. We can just do it live. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining. Mama Bear, Judy, and Daisy, who pretty much stayed the whole time. You guys are the actual greatest, <laughs> the greatest of all time. <laughs> Our three people who tuned in. Although we did get three and a half thousand likes. That's so cool. Yeah. This is just a beast. TikTok is crazy crazy amazing i'm learning so much anyway thank you guys so much for joining we will post this episode or well, they don't need to listen to it because i've already listened to it um sometime this week awesome and if you guys have anything you want to talk about on our next days of our lives episode next week maybe we should do anonymous q a for Ange. Oh. <gasps> i would happy to but i can't oh my God, give you yeah, much that's wisdom. gonna be our topic it's gonna be, gonna be our topic from next week <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you're seizing your yay. Bye. Bye.